Pazuzu has been poured. The candle is most definitely not lit. Not lit. Not allowed to have an open flame in our location. <laughs> we are not. But did you hear that? I mean, it was a beautiful clink. A beautiful clink. Welcome to the Horror Salon. I am your co-host, Andemic. And I'm your co-host, The Witch. Welcome. Welcome to the season finale dun, dun, dun. of the season of stories. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Um, and so we thought it would be fitting to end the season like we're going to try and do in every season on location. Yes, yes. So we are right now in a location that is uh, rife with with haunted tales. Absolutely. And, and is it rife or ripe? Both. Let's say both. Okay, both. It's both. <laughs> fine. I don't know. It was a literary season. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> okay, yeah. So before we launch into where we are and what we're doing, um, tonight's Pazoo's is super interesting. It's a super interesting Pazoo's. Um, do tell. Yes. So I kind of made this up on the fly. The person who used to occupy the space where we are, was a big fan of the martini. Mm -hmm. And so we thought it would be fitting to do a martini for tonight. But then I had the thought, we do a lot of cocktails because we love the cocktails and we love to drink over here. But I thought it might be nice to mix things up for our listeners and do a mocktail. Mm -hmm. So we're doing a mocktini, if you will. I will. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so tonight we are doing a watermelon mocktini. So I used a watermelon juice. It's by a brand called Blue Monkey. Just 100% watermelon juice. And then we used Seed Lip, which is a non-alcoholic spirit. And I got the citrus flavor. Mixed it all up as you would in uh, a true martini fashion. And we have the watermelon mocktini. This is fascinating right yeah it's distilled in everything what what do you distill do you think i don't know huh i don't know but it is pretty good and it is very citrusy which it i appreciate is. it is all right shall we taste this we shall taste let's do it watermelon martini Ooh, that is a very uh earthy flavored beverage yeah you can taste both the watermelon and the citrus you can appreciate that yeah and it's not too sweet. No, and it's smooth. Yeah. Sometimes the, the alcohol can, you know, get you. Overpower At least it, it does me. I mean, you know. Absolutely. No saddle. This no is really saddle. good. Yeah, this is good. This is fun. So if you are out there and you're looking for a, a mocktail, the Watermelon Mocktini, check out our website mm -hmm. for the recipe and get one. This is something I think I can see myself drinking all summer long. I mean, you can just chug that bottle right now. Yeah, you could. You really could. It goes down like, you know, citrus water. It does. It's pretty tasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like well it. done. Well done. Very uh, creative cocktails and mocktails this season. Yeah. That was fun. That was a fun season of of drinking. <laughs> of shots. Of shots. I'm going to I'm gonna keep doing more shots, I think. Shots. That's a lot of fun. That was good. All right. So as we sip our mocktini. Yes. Uh, we are currently in the historic home uh, one of the historic home, now the historic home of mm -hmm. the author, humorist, cartoonist, playwright, man of many talents in the literary world, Mr. James Thurber. Yeah. Um, a, a jewel of the city, yep. Thurber House is. Absolutely. Um, so why are we here? Well, this is where I've spent the last 16 years of my uh, professional life. Yes, it is. So I thought a really cool way to honor it and also I can get us in. You know, I mean, yeah, we're here. It was pretty easy. <laughs> it was pretty easy. To walk come. right in. We just walked right in. I just opened the door for which and she came in. I was like, hello, um, which is a fun experience because for those I mean, we've alluded to it on past podcasts, but this is where Andemic and I met. Yes, we did. Was Thurber House. Mm -hmm. So it is a spe it's a special homecoming tonight. It is. And I, I would say probably seeds were planted at this very table. For what yes. was to become this, our table. empire this is where of two the, seasons. This is where the Pazoos was born for, <laughs> for sure. sure. You're right. It definitely was. Uh, a Pazoos, yeah. We should get a landmark. We should get a small little landmark <laughs> and plaque. plaque and put it at the end of this table. Okay, so um, this is by far not the most paranormally active places I've worked. Um, I've spent my whole life in the nonprofit world. But this, some of the most compelling stuff. Yeah 
has that happened to me has happened here yeah so um i suppose we should back up a little bit and first i'm gonna say nothing paranormal that happens here is related to james thurber himself james thurber does not haunt thurber house right that's important um, we were on an episode of Taps several years ago now. I don't know. You can go and find that. It's me and a faux hawk. Uh, go find that now. <laughs> but they kind of eluded. They made it kind of maybe seem like it was Thurber that haunted their house. He does not. Yeah. Um, the history of this land is uh, that we're going to talk about is um, is interesting and it's filled with some heartbreak and mm-hmm. just a lot of things went down on this land. So um, that's where probably the source of most of the paranormal comes from and and something did happen in this house also but it was not james thurber so first let me tell you what thurber house is yeah uh we were founded in 1984 uh we're a non-profit literary arts center Mm -hmm. we're a james thurber museum uh, a historic landmark and a gathering place for readers uh, writers and artists of all ages Mm -hmm. um we are in the restored uh this is from 1873 um when this house was built Mm -hmm. um and uh thurber and his family lived here from 1913 to 1917 Mm -hmm. and that would have been when thurber was a student at ohio state yes yeah yeah you probably remember all this i remember this yeah it's like coming back to me in flashes i used to have to give a tour you did a lot of tours Mm -hmm. uh and tell kids yeah, tell I kids told a lot of kids. <laughs> told a lot of kids what happened in this place. Um, so Thurber was born on December eighth, eighteen ninety four, and you know this house is pre- uh, we're charged with preserving his legacy. And what is his legacy? Uh, in his lifetime, he was known as the best humorist since Mark Twain. Yes, um, it, it's an impressive legacy, and I'm not just saying that. I, I honestly, I can say before I started here, I didn't really know a lot about James Thurber because sure, yeah. he's not really taught. Um, I don't think he's taught in schools really anymore Mm-mm, for not the that most I know. part. Yeah. Um, but his sardonic wit, his uh, brilliantly rudimentary cartoons mm. um, that say everything. Yep. You know, um, he perfectly captured the follies of men, women, uh, and human nature. Absolutely. And animals, especially dogs. He loved, loved, loved dogs. Loved those dogs. Loved them. That's my favorite thing More about More than him. humans. Yes, my favorite thing about Yeah, him. yeah. So his work is timeless. Uh, I, I really do recommend if you don't know who James Serber is, but you want a, a good laugh, um, start with My Life in Hard Times. Mm-hmm. Um, that is... Uh, there are a few of the stories that are in that uh, book that were written uh, when he, well, written about when he lived in this house. He didn't write them in his house, but when, about when he lived in this house. Right. So he, uh, what, what I say before, he, uh, short stories, cartoons, stage plays, fables. Um, he won a Tony for a Thurber Carnival, which debuted here in the 60s. Yeah. Um, newspaper columns. He, he was a jack of all trades in writing and he was he was just so good and for many years he worked at the new yorker yes um and that might be where most people familiar with him have heard of have him, heard of him yeah. from his cartoons in the new yorker um so yeah i mean that's a little bit about who he is i i just kind of wanted to highlight him i don't want to go into too much about him because i don't want people to equate the paranormal part with him right he does hasn't i mean he wrote, I think, what, one? Oh, yes. Ghost well, we, story? we will definitely. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm a moron. <laughs> we will most certainly talk about. That. But that's the only thing I know of his that yeah. was remotely ghostly, right? Was the one yes. ghost story. Yes, yes. Right. But it was something that he, that he experienced, not, you know, somebody experiencing Thurber in the house. Right. I just want to make that distinction. It's I That is just something that's important to me to make that distinction. But Thurber, honestly, uh, he did believe this house was haunted. Yes. Um, so much so that when he recounted the story, he changed the address of the house so that future tenants would not be um, too afraid. Too afraid. Yep. Yeah. So on the night of November 18th, mm-hmm. going into the morning, mm-hmm. uh, Thurber, and check out the story, the night the ghost got in, in so my good. life in hard times, um, Thurber uh, awoke to a, a, a commotion downstairs and didn't know what it was and leaned over the edge, thought maybe it was his brother coming home. Um, but it wasn't, and the commotion got louder and louder, 
And this set off a chain of events. The Thurber family, they were so quirky and funny. Um, it set off a series of events that are in the book that I will not recount here. But mm-hmm. the, the but the main point of the story is, is he's standing at the top of the stairs uh, in the back of the house and something, some uh, phantom footsteps run around the table in the dining room and then run up the stairs directly at him. Right. And there is nothing there. Yeah. Uh, and this, this scared him. And, you know, I, I read in, um, in one of, one of the books that he waited up some nights waiting for something to happen again. Are you really? there? Are you there? Yeah. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, that he, that he kind of wanted it to happen again. Wow. Yeah. So, so that happened. He, I mean, he talked about it. We have some letters that he wrote, uh, to friends talking about this experience that he had, um, that's so cool. I didn't know that. I I really only thought that his solitary experience was what he had in that book. But to know mm-hmm. that that affected him so much that he he waited. He yeah, waited. He, he for waited it. for it a couple times. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> that was. I, I'm like, are you kidding? Wow. I yeah. something I didn't know. Yeah. Um, it was a significant event that happened to him. Yeah. And uh, so that made us wonder, what was it? You know, people speculate, oh, maybe it was a robber. Mm-hmm. Somebody got in. But um, I don't think so. And You would have seen a robber. Yeah. So he he recounted this story to like a corner market person at mm-hmm. some point, a, a shopkeeper or something. And uh, somebody told him that... Uh, a couple used to live here mm-hmm. that and the the husband is at work and he gets a phone call that says, go home. You will find your wife in the arms of another man. OK, so what's he do? He comes home. He goes upstairs, finds exactly that. Hmm. And through, you know, some dramatics, he shoots her and then shoots himself. So that was a story that that I even heard when I first started here. Yeah. But no one ever really knew if that was the true story of what happened. It turns out it's not. Right. Although, knowing what the real story is, maybe, who knows if there's maybe a snippet of truth, truth or if it was just all the rumor mill. Yeah. I mean, you don't really know. So, do you want to talk about the history of the property first before we launch in? Yeah. Let's, let's do, do that. Let's, let's do, do that. What did you find out? So, before Thurber House itself sat, here on this land so if you are familiar with columbus we are on east broad right yeah we're on east broad street and for those of you not familiar with columbus that's very close i mean it's very close to the city center uh downtown so uh before thurber house was here before anything was over here there was actually a building here called the ohio lunatic asylum now i absolutely abhor that name terrible yeah. so yeah, i'm terrible. just gonna call it the asylum from here on out um but it's it was established in 1837 so a lot i should preface this with a lot of the information i found about the asylum uh came from the ohio history connection yeah. our friends over there the ohio memory uh, project yeah and then also uh, i found a really interesting old newspaper clipping from the ohio state journal that uh, i got a lot of info from um so 1837 <laughs> Pandemic has it printed out. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, it's 1837. This asylum is established. The director is Dr. William All. Um, and he actually was the director of the asylum until about 1850. Yeah. Prior to the establishment of this asylum, most mentally ill Ohioans did not receive treatment of any kind. Yeah. Um, so they were either at home being taken care of by family. Um, a lot of times they would send them to prisons and just yeah. hope that they yeah. weren't mistreated. Yes. It was terrible. Yeah. Well, in the, the poor farm uh, system also, I actually worked in a poor farm in mm-hmm. Northwest Ohio or at a, the museum of a poor farm. And they had on the property uh, places called lunatic houses. Oh, my gosh. Where With bars on the windows, bars on the doors, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, those before the, this um, this system was established. Established. Yeah. So they, they saw a need, I guess, um, for an asylum uh, for folks that were mentally ill. So they built the asylum here on this land. It was really large. Huge. Really large establishment. Um, And Dr. William All oversaw it. Now, something I thought was really interesting, 
Dr. William All was a pretty controversial guy. Really? Yeah. He once claimed, and this was around 1843, so a few years after it was established, he claimed that 100% of his patients who stayed in the asylum were Mm -hmm. cured. Oh, Lord. Um, And he had a lot of vocal critics against him, and they actually nicknamed him Dr. Cure All. Ah, okay. The building itself, the capacity, was only about 300 patients. In 1851, a new director steps in, Dr. S.A.T. Smith, and he assesses and says, actually, in Ohio, there are probably closer to 2,000 folks with mental illness and so he kind of campaigns to get two more asylums spun Mm, up across mm -hmm. the state and those ended up being uh one was in cleveland and one was in dayton so now you kind of have this system of asylums across. now after that so that was in 1851 in 1868 now we're back at the columbus asylum the one that sat here on this property it actually caught fire yeah and six women were killed in that fire so a little bit about that The fire is said to have started in the north dormitory of the east wing, and that would have been the kind of women's Mm -hmm, wing right there. Uh, No one knows how the fire originated. They can't figure out, you know, what what was the cause of this fire, but they know that it spread extremely fast and it was really hard to tame. I read that that particular night... A lot of the patients who would have been in that wing had actually been all gathered into the amusement hall for kind of some sort of gathering Mm -hmm. that was going on. So thankfully, they weren't there where the origin of the fire, I think it could have been a much worse catastrophe. It already is a tragedy, but it Mm -hmm. could have been much worse, I think, had they not been in the amusement hall at the time. So when when it starts, the firefighter response is quick. They get here very fast. They start pouring water on this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just won't, it won't quit. It keeps spreading. They run out of water in their canteens and have to pull it from all different parts of the city. This is a fire that is just not stopping. Eventually the flames get so bad, they cut that east wing off from the main building. Mm -hmm. So they had to start breaking windows to save the female patients that were stuck in the east wing. Now, Something I absolutely hate, the article, and it is dated, right? Right. It's a dated article. But they decide that they're going to start talking about what the women were wearing when they were rescued from the fire, as Mm -hmm. if that matters. Yeah, yeah. As if it matters if the woman was in charred clothing or no clothing. I mean, she's escaping a fire. Right. I hardly think she's thinking about, oh, I must cover up my body. Yeah. Anyway. um, Agreed. So, unfortunately... They were able to rescue most of the women, but six women who were closest, they lived in rooms that were closest to the source of the fire. Um, Those women died and they died by asphyxiation. So they were able to recover them. Um, They just had, they had uh, passed before they actually did recover them. So uh, the, the building was kind of in ruins after that fire because it was just so massive and destructive that they had to rebuild. When they did rebuild the asylum, they actually moved it down to West Broad Street, right. which is a little bit of way. Um, and they renamed it the Columbus Hospital for the Insane. Yeah. So and we visited that, the, the cemetery. The cemetery. Uh, associated with that. Yes, over there. we did. We did. It's a, a sober place a very sobering experience because many of the grave markers of that didn't have names and it was just awful that was awful yeah um do you want to should we say the names of the women who were who were killed oh i couldn't find it so yes we should okay uh miss caroline connor miss lizzie harold mrs c bradford of athens mrs murphy who was over 80 years old Mm -hmm. of wyandotte county Mrs. Susan A. Parker of Licking County, and Bridget Brophy of Franklin. Mm. Those are the women. I say their names because some, we'll talk a little bit about um, some of the ghostly experiences that happen here, and uh, many people, myself included, believe that it might be some of these women um, who uh, wander in what they think is the asylum, but really they're wandering through our reality. Uh, because this whole block has uh, activity. So, yes. anyway. 
I just wanted to to say their names. So that is Ugh. one of the of the tragedies that occurred on this land. Yes. Um, before Thurber House was built. Yes. So now, what happened in the house? Yeah. The the Thurbers didn't own the house. They rented it. They rented many places throughout the city, or mostly over on the seaside area. Uh, so there were other tenants here and everything, and. A prominent jeweler and his wife lived here, and his name was Thomas Tracy Tress. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I, you know, I found an article, and usually the one I use is from from the 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 local paper, from the Columbus Dispatch. Yeah, but I found one from the Jewelers Circular because he was a prominent yeah. jeweler. Yeah, so yeah. Um, they talked about how on April thirtieth. He had gone upstairs. It had been called for dinner, but mm-hmm. he wanted to go upstairs and change his collar for dinner. Mm-hmm. And who who was he with? Um, it was his wife who was up there with him. Oh, my God. All this. My, my things are sticking together. <laughs> his paper. <laughs> so he went upstairs. Uh, he was with his wife. And also there was another person uh, with them in conversation. Her name was Miss Ackerman. Okay. Um, and so dinner was announced and he decides he's going to change his color for dinner. They're all up in in the room and he, somebody had taken his pistol and they even say what kind of pistol it is here, an Ivor Johnson revolver, whatever that means from its typical place. And it was on top of the dresser. Okay. And he picks it up and he points it at his wife and is like, ooh, you know. And she's like, please stop. Yeah. Please stop. That's dangerous. And he's like, oh, it's it's not dangerous at all. And he keeps pointing. And she's like, stop. Yeah. So what he does to prove that it's not dangerous is he points it directly at himself and pulls the trigger. I never do that. No. And boom. Yep. It was loaded. Because it was dangerous. Because it was dangerous and it was loaded. And uh, he did end up passing away, we think, in the front parlor. They probably would have brought him downstairs. Um, When the police arrived, he was still alive. um, But he he passed away shortly after after they got here. Yeah. Um, So there have been reports of seeing someone in that starched collar, you know, Mm -hmm. Victorian era looks standing behind them in the mirror. Uh, I don't I haven't heard many stories uh, that would lead me to believe specifically that it was him. Right. Um, but if there's something to these, this other story about go home and you'll find your wife in the arms of another man. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of emotion in there. There's that. a lot going on there. So what actually happened? Who is Miss Ackerman? Yeah. Who is that? So do you want to hear a compelling EVP that I heard from a, a ghost hunting group that I allowed to come in? It's been a few years now. Absolutely. So having to do with this. So we're up on the second floor. We're standing outside Thurber's room. We don't know which bedroom was theirs that it happened in. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I can guess, but I don't know for sure. So the the people who are doing the ghost hunt are doing an EVB, EVP session and I'm with them. And it's, you know, it's uneventful. You know, you ask the questions and then you wait for the, probably everybody who watch or listens to yeah. us knows what an EVP is. Right, right. Um, and so the the woman asks, was it really an accident, Thomas? Mm. And I swear to you, I heard it plain as day. No one told me what it said. I heard it from my own ears. Ask her. <gasps> Did she shoot him? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got goosebumps. I know. I don't know what it means. I'm not going to, you know, accuse anybody of anything. But what? Ask her. Foul play. <laughs> I, I'm calling it foul you're, you're play. You're just going to call it right there. Foul play. I'm telling you, that was um, that was one of the pieces of, of compelling, something that I could not explain away um, that has happened to me here in this house. Uh, <laughs> but Yeah. Uh, don't point that at me. You were pointing it at him. Oh. Maybe go home. You'll find your wife in the arms of another woman. woman. <sighs> intrigue. Palace intrigue. And I'm telling much you. Much intrigue. Much intrigue. <laughs> okay. So, well, let me ask you this. Yes. When you worked here, yes. did you have any experiences? You know, I did. Uh, well, 
not experiences, experiences that you could call it in the formal sense, but I had some eerie, okay, eerie stuff happen to me here, mainly in the attic and in the basement. And I think I've discussed this on a past podcast, but now that we're here, I think that it'd be fun to kind yeah. of rehash. Because I'm sure I've told a couple stories too, but we're yeah. going to tell them again we're since revisit. we're here. Yeah, we're revisit. Um, so the attic of Thurber House has actually been reconverted into an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where traveling writers will stay. Yeah, and we do, like uh, we do we re- do writers residencies yeah. where somebody can uh, win an opportunity to stay for a whole month. Yeah. And they've got lots of stories. The oh, people who live I up there for a month. imagine. Lots of stories. I don't even like going up there for a second. We were going to record up there and I'm a little excited that we're not <laughs> because I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to last up here? But. Yeah, well, Katrina from our last um, podcast. Yeah. She was a, a resident here. Yeah. And I don't she, know how she did that. Yeah. Um, something played with her cat up there. Oh yeah, I don't like that. Something tinkled the little bell when no one was near the little bell don't like that (laughs) don't like that uh i can't say that anything specifically happened but i can say i'd have to go up there a lot because Mm -hmm. we stored some stuff up there for um the education team that i was part of so we would go up and grab things um here and there and i went up there one day to grab something and the apartment was open that door to the apart there's a door that kind of separates the main attic space from the apartment space it's usually closed yeah um it was open and that's not atypical people go in and out of there all the time but i just had never been up there when it was open so it was Mm -hmm. open and there was just this overwhelming sense of do not put your back to that door I know that feeling. You know, and so I I Spider-Man crawl <laughs> across and I'm staring at the door, grab my thing, Spider-Man crawl back down and then fly down the stairs like nobody's yeah. business. Yeah. I've experienced that feeling. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't but know then, either. But like, today we march right in there and it's like whatever. And it's whatever. Yeah. And it's, I went up there cleaning and like whatever. Yeah. No. You know, and I was up there today by myself yeah. just doing whatever it is I was doing. Yeah. And um, I felt fine. Yeah. So there, that, that is a good segue into um, something I kind of believe. And I think some other people who come in to, to you know, talk, you know, mm-hmm. uh, paranormal and, and ghost hunting things, that it moves. Whatever yeah. it is, move. if Thomas is here, he's here. But the rest kind of moves around the neighborhood. So mm. there are times that you can come in this house and it is absolutely quiet and peaceful. Yeah. And it's a beautiful little and house. And it's just, yeah. And there are times you come, you I open the back door and I go, whoa. You're like, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go in there today. Um, and that's happened to me a couple times. I, I remember once I was letting in a, a group and this was, this has been several years ago too. And I've done this before where I'll just walk in and I'll put on some lights so they can, you know, do a little tour before they do their thing. And I'm just by myself at night, whatever. But this one particular night, um, they were they were coming and I just I, I walked in the house and then walked right back out. And I, <laughs> waited, wait for him. <laughs> I waited for him on the back porch. And um, that actually happened to be a night that one of the most compelling things that I've ever experienced happened. Yeah. Um should, should we talk that now or? Yes. Okay. If it's going to be another re- revelation, like ask her. Oh my God. I mean, okay. So this, this would be better um, if you could hear the audio that, that accompanies it. But um, I will say a good friend of Thurber House, James Willis, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote Weird Ohio and Central Ohio uh, Legends and Lore. Yeah. An awesome, awesome storyteller and, um, yeah. and all things strange and unusual. He is so awesome. Um, every year for us, he um, he allows us to raffle off a, a ghost hunt on the night the ghost got in um, with him and, and a couple How of his team members. fun is that? Oh, my God. So the first year we did it, um, the, the people, you know, weren't weren't all that into it. So it was just kind of a quiet night. Sure. You know, whatever. Fine. But this night that I walked in the back door and then went Mm-mm, and Not walked right back out. Mm-hmm. We had a, a couple that won that were freaking ecstatic. I Aww. mean, they were so excited. So we bring them in here. We're, we're doing all the stuff. And finally, we get to we, we put we put the raffle winners on the stairs at the exact minute that, oh, that, cool. that Thurber talks about in the story. Yeah, how cool. So we put them up at the top of the stairs. We're sitting in um, in the little parlor room. Uh, it's kind of where the staff eats lunch and stuff. So there's a dining room on one side and then the front parlor on the other. And then this little, what do you call this room? Alcove? No, that's the alcove. Family room. 
Family room. All right. What's it say on the wall? <laughs> it says family, family room. room. <laughs> I was picking one. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So we're in this little family room. They, he's got his command center all set up. And it's he and I and then another team member. We're all here. And they're up there. And it is dead silent because we're waiting for that moment. And yeah. we're just with anticipation. Everybody's quiet. And then all of a sudden, we heard somebody at the top of the stairs go, is that them? And the, and then I think it was the husband said, I, I think it's them. So, you know, Jim and I kind of looked at each other like, mm, what's okay. going on? Okay, well, fine. So I should say, too, that they had these really, like, you know, fancy mics. Yeah. Um, one was in the front parlor. Mm-hmm. One was at the bottom of the stairs. One was in the corner of the bookshop. Okay. And one was at the top of the stairs. Okay. So there were four of these uh, microphones. And so when, you know, the moment passes and we bring them back down and Jim's like, well, what what were you talking about up there? And he said, or they said, well, we could have sworn you were down here packing up. And Jim's like, what? Packing up? This was the moment we were waiting for. Of course we right. weren't packing up. Nothing was happening. He, then they said they heard the loudest commotion in the gift shop area. Yeah. They said it sounded like somebody was dragging something heavy across the floor. Uh, frantic footsteps, people walking back and forth, a heavy metal door slammed. What? Yeah, they heard all of this. And we're sitting here in dead silence. So he's like, ooh, Jim's like, ooh, okay. So he goes back and, you know, they pour over every second of footage. Yeah. And he brought back the the evidence and you hear loud things dragging across the floor. It was been recorded. Footsteps. It sounded like a frantic office setting. Papers rustling. People walking. There was there wait wait for it. Wait for it. Yeah. And um and like muffled and then the big the big door slams. But here's the thing. We they heard it at the top of the stairs. Yeah. We heard nothing. Yeah. But all four microphones picked it up. Picked it up. Even the one on the other side of us in the front parlor. All four picked it up. What? Yeah. How weird. Yeah. One of the most insane things I've ever experienced. Yeah. Now that's the asylum. Yeah. That's what I think too. 100%. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So oh the night gosh. of the fire were they were they shutting doors trying to to get papers Just trying to rustling things rustling out rustling things say out salvage what they could. Yeah. I mean it did say in that article that people came and were like recovering furniture mm-hmm. and recovering things that night. Yeah. To salvage it because the building was in ruins mm-hmm. and was rapidly becoming more and more in ruins yeah. ruins with the smoke and yeah. all of that. So they would have been salvaging things yeah. at that point. So I mean, you make the call, but my goodness. Wow, that's something. That was, that was. Well, we had that discussion. I don't think that's a far off thing because didn't we have that discussion of, um, this might have actually been with Jay. Which thing? Uh, uh, Things that imprint on a space. Yeah. You know, like a residual. Yeah. Like a residual haunting where just every so often it replays itself. Yes. And I guess maybe it just so ha- on the anniversary. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Um so I wonder what I wonder what the recipe is because the year before nothing, nothing. happened. Right. But just this particular well, night maybe, even the house felt different. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, that has to have something to do with it too, but maybe you said this couple was particularly excited. Yeah. I do think that you have to have a level of openness for things like I, that. I, to that's happen. a really good point. That's a really good point. So maybe that contributed. Maybe. I but man, I'm telling you. Um that was that was something. I, you know, we will at some point have have James Willis on a podcast, yeah, that'd be fun. which will be super fun, um, and he can talk about it because <laughs> wow, what? yeah, yeah, that's something so interesting. Yeah, I think whatever happens on this whole block really is kind of residual yeah. from the asylum, or maybe you know because horrific things happen to people in those places. There, there is bound to be um, imprints of some Absolutely. sort. Absolutely, um, but I can tell you in a couple of the other buildings down the block. 
um, the cleaning crews, um, they don't like to come here at night. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But they, they've had some experiences um, in some of the other buildings where they smell smoke mm, uh, or, yeah. you know, like, you know, burned wood or something. Absolutely. Um, and they get messed with a little bit. And that's happened a lot here. Uh, one, of, one of the cleaning people, they were upstairs and heard the piano playing downstairs, thought it was one of, the, one of their colleagues. Yeah. Nope. Oh, see, uh, that would freak me right yeah. out. But, you know, things like computers flickered. The computers flickered on her. Um, another one came downstairs and all the chairs had been pulled away from the table. Oh, that's bizarre. For some reason, that to me is one of the scariest things. And I don't know chairs why. Chairs moving? Or uh, at least... Chairs being pulled away from a table. away from a table. I don't yeah. know why. I can understand that. I, it just, to me, that just feels deliberate. Well, it feels deliberate. like it's playing with you. Yeah. Something's playing with you and I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. So another... Uh, Another compelling thing that happened, um, I was here with a couple of ghost hunting buddies, um, this is again a few years ago, and we were in the front parlor and we were using, you know, those, the, the rods, the divining rods, those are really oh, yeah. hard to use and I yeah. don't know, you know, what the science necessarily is with those, but I can tell you, I felt like my hands were being pulled. I don't mm. know, I don't know. I can't explain it. But we were having what we thought was a very real conversation. We went through all the women's names who died in the fire. Yeah. And they went berserk when we said Mrs. Murphy. Oh, really? So we kind of felt like we were talking to her, you know, and we assured her that people did try and get to them. Yeah. You know, and uh, we asked, could they were there more than are there more than one of you here? And she said yes. And, And then we asked you. Can you see each other? Can you interact with each other? And they said no. Oh. Which I thought was kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, but, okay, so we had we a good 20 minutes. Uh, we were, you know, doing this thing. And then we decided to go up the front stairs. And we were just sitting right at the top of the, of the stairs. Yeah. And I had my camera. And I was just flashing my camera down over, or taking pictures down over the side. And I um, I sent you this picture so you, so you can yeah. upload it. Yeah. It is the the best orb activity I have ever seen on a photo, and and it makes sense if she, if we were really talking to Mrs. Murphy and she can't. I think one of my one of my buddies said, "Come on up with us." Oh wow! And you see this streak of light come out of the front parlor, mm-hmm. kind of manifest a little bit on the ground level, and then come up come up the stairs. Oh wow! All in one shot. Wow. And it was the only shot. Yeah. It was only that one shot. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I know. She came up with you. Yeah, you know, I guess, I guess maybe, yeah. Um, people have a lot of different, you know. Opinions. Opinions. Yes. Attitudes, theories. theories. Yes, all of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And and I have done, in every place I've ever worked, I have, I have done ghost hunts with people. I've been on a million of them. Yeah. And I feel like I can feel when it is real yeah and when something is actually there something has actually happened yeah um versus you know because it's mountains it's like fishing it's mountains of nothing and then a, a jewel a bit of, yeah. yeah a jewel every 200 years you know yeah yep. <laughs> so <laughs> it's true uh, so not to derail from Thurber House because obviously we're yeah. here, but uh, you've mentioned it, and I wanted to ask the question: mm-hmm. What is the most haunted place you've worked at? I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say the Wood County Historical Museum in Bowling Green, Ohio. And did you have experiences there? More than I can possibly mm. count. Uh, I got hugged by something. Uh, door handles jiggled all the time, large crashes and nothing was there. Like you run, you're like, oh shit, a exhibit case has fallen over. Yeah. Nothing. Knocks, sounds, EVPs. Wow. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happened there, but don't, don't attempt to ask them because I don't believe they, they open up for ghost hunts. I I don't think they do anymore. No. Yeah. Um, and I was there, God. A in, while like, ago. Yeah, in like 2000. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's been a really long time. Um, but a lot of stuff. I did not like to be there alone. So I had more of a negative energy. Yeah. And, yeah. And I don't I don't know that necessarily anything would a- a- have been harmful. But just because people that were there were kind of uh, down on their... The, 
down on their luck. They were, you know, yeah, sure. Um, there was probably a lot of heartache there, yeah. and you know, the lunatic house was there, yeah. and the pe- uh, the pest house where you went if you yeah. had a infectious disease, and yeah. you know, so. I don't know. It was it's it's a fascinating museum though, and it's a fascinating history of the poor farm. Um, if you ever want to go and visit that that place, it's really cool. But don't you know? Um, don't inquire about ghost hunting because I don't believe don't they. Do, they yeah, don't I don't do, believe they, they do. do. Um, but anyway, yeah. So well, well, I might as well just tell you. I might as well just tell you the story that happened. The one that was most um, most. <laughs> I don't know. It stuck with me. Yeah. But uh, so I did uh, my master's thesis on uh, an artist from Grand Rapids, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And as part of the master's thesis, I did an exhibition of his work Mm -hmm. at um, at the museum. Yeah. Um, They had some really cool exhibit space in what what had been the dining room. So uh, we were on a a ghost hunt that night and uh, it was with a like somebody who has written a couple books and a video and things a little more on the the professional end and we went in there to to just regroup i guess Mm -hmm. and we went in there and everybody's batteries died first of all oh scary yeah yeah so but then so i mean we're just chilling out for a few minutes and and i'm looking around the room and looking at his artwork and I, i just said man i wonder what virgil thought thinks of 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 my thesis and about this exhibit and as soon as i said that it felt like my back, somebody like hugged me from behind and put their hands around my neck to the front. Oh, wow. And it was wet. It felt wet and cold. It <laughs> felt like cold to my core. I was you know, say- like that damp cold. <laughs> I was say how nice. And then you described it. I was like, that does not sound nice. Wet's not the right thing. But like, you know, that that cold sometimes when the air is so damp. Yes. Yeah. It felt like that. And it lasted for like a minute or two and then that feeling stayed with me so a little bit later I um I didn't say anything yeah um I didn't want to draw attention so later I asked the person we were with I said okay so this just happened to me you know I said you know I wonder what Virgil thinks and then this thing happened she's like I think Virgil you know likes what you did Mm -hmm. I think you I think Virgil said hi and I was like, great. Great. <laughs> great. great, that's great. Um, Virgil, please don't say hi. <laughs> please don't say hi next oh, time. Oh, it's, yeah. But I mean, I didn't feel in danger. I, I there, The only place I ever felt like I could possibly be in danger and my flight or fight kicked in was the Mansfield Reformatory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That place is pretty creepy. That place is brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and I'll say that about Thurber House. I have never felt in danger. I've mm-hmm. never felt threatened. And that's something I always like to impress upon people. I, I, we haven't done allowed a, a group in for a really long time, but sure. um, I try and impress upon them that that there's nothing harmful here. Sure, you know, if anything, you know, these were um, gentle. You know, we absolutely. You know, so it might spook you, especially if you're yeah, not expecting absolutely. it. Absolutely, but it's not. It's not. Harmful. Yeah, there's I nothing agree. that's going to hear. I'll, I'll tell you a couple from um, next door, the Thurber Center. That uh, and I, I, we were having a conversation <laughs> about it before we started recording here. That Thurber Center is terrifying. It's to pretty me. scary over there. It is, and that sits on. There used to be a. Um, well, I mean, the asylum here was here, obviously, but sure. also there was an apartment complex there. Oh, so there you go. Yeah, I, I, a group was in there once and said they captured, and I didn't hear it, so I I cannot confirm it, but um, children's laughter. That would not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either if one of those crazy camps of yours, yeah. you know, imprinted on <laughs> imprinted would on the space. Not surprise me. Um, but you know, I I don't know. But I have I've always felt a little more uh, uneasy over Agreed. there for sure. Agreed. Um, so uh, one of our one of the cleaning crew, uh, he came in the back door one night at the Thurber Center, and he walked in. And just about to do his do his thing, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he said the front door opened and slammed. Nope, no, thank you. And then he heard someone run up the front stairs. No, thank you. Run clear across or clear down the hall towards him on the second floor, <laughs> slamming each door as it went down. Great. And then down the back stairs. So he's like, "Oh shit, somebody's in here. I'm somebody's leaving. in here." So he, I mean, he investigated. He's like, "If somebody's in here, I gotta you know do something about this." Um, and then he got, he like ran to the front of the building. Yeah. To see. To see the door was locked. Oh, and then all of a sudden no, 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 no. he heard the uh, no, no, no. the running 
up the back stairs and then back towards no, him the no. other way. No, no, thank you. I'd be out that front yeah, door. Yeah, he's goodbye. like, uh, later, I'm out of here. Uh, so that was one. And that, man, that's a good one. That's that a is, good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. But uh, the other is he came in the back door and saw uh, uh, an older woman in white, which mm. there are a lot of women in white stories. Yeah. Uh, standing at the women's bathroom door trying to open it open the handle Psh, no thank and he you. heard the handle jiggling yeah no thank you and it turned around and looked at him no thank you yeah no, no thank you goodbye. yeah that's that's a lot out goodbye <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> does anyone remember at the river center i don't this was probably the dumbest the witch story that could have ever come out of <laughs> my time at the river house is the alarm went off, mm-hmm. and I was the closest to the house, so I went back to investigate why the alarm went off. And it was like six o'clock in the summer; yeah. like it was perfectly bright out. Whatever. Go. The back door was wide open. Oh, so what did I? Did do? you walk in? Walk myself right in oh, there? Of like, course why you is did. This the back door <laughs> oh my god! Idiot! Idiot! Nothing was in there. What the hell? I'm a. I, but I'm a dumbass. That's pretty dumb. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done. And then Holy I realized it when I locked up. I came out. I was like, oh, everything's fine. I was like, why the fuck did I just do that? <laughs> what if someone was in there? Wow. Wow. Wow, the witch. Wow. Okay, that's the scariest story we have told tonight. Yeah, and it's sheer dumbassery. So, insane Don't dumbassery. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> My God. Okay, so you want to hear a couple of stories from uh, some of the other people who have stayed here and yes, please. had experiences in here? Do you want any more Pazoos? Oh, I mean, yeah, Pazoos me, since we're not getting drunk tonight. Oh, you got to take the lid off, though. <laughs> that was... into that. Wow. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, you know, like I said, we have residencies and uh, uh, and people get to live up there for a month. And, you know, for the most part, I mean, it's it's pretty uneventful. People come, they go. Sure. It's, it's great. And they might get, you know, messed with a little bit. Uh, I know one resident who could have sworn uh, because it's an office. There's an office up there, too, on one side of the on one side of the mm-hmm, attic. And mm-hmm. um, somebody was working up there and the resident thought for sure that that person had come up the stairs holding a huge load of bags <laughs> and walked into the office to the point where she went out to say hi. Yeah. And there was nobody there. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of footsteps on the attic stairs. Yeah. A lot of that. Uh, and another resident, she was um, getting ready to actually leave from her stay. And she uh, she had to catch a super early flight. So she came down and it was still dark out and walked through the gift shop, through the back, uh, back into the back office to go out the back door. And she said she was stopped by she felt like she walked through a thick spider web that like was all across her face she said she's put down her bags and she was peeling it off her face oh thank you and it was she said i could feel it i was peeling it off my face oh wow um she said it was kind of like jello spider web something and so she turns on the light and she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to see carnage. Yeah, Where's the gross, spider that goes with this? Gross. But she turned on the light and there was nothing there. That's weird. Right? That is a weird one. I kind of feel like it didn't want her to go. And enjoyed her presence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she was cool. So, you know, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We we told the Thurber story. Uh, okay. So another resident uh, was here and she had her dog with her. And in the front parlor... Um, that dog didn't like to let her near the corner. Like it would sit and stare and like growl into the corner. Oh, wow. And and kind of always put itself between her, her and, the, and corner. the corner. Yeah. Now, uh, the only thing I could think of with that, you know, in terms of the house house would be maybe. Could that be the corner? Yeah, the tress that was maybe. Sat in. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But uh I mean, it's just, oh my gosh, just so many stories. I've heard my name called from the attic. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, the clock chimes sometimes, and it hasn't been wound in, I don't even know how long. Right, no. Um, that hasn't happened in a while. Um, but I know one of my coworkers um, has, has heard that, you know, and, and there's no batteries in it, there's no nothing. So, but they're, they're just, it, it's, a, I suppose it, I guess it is really active here. 
It's a you pretty know, I said it's place. not the most active, but it is. It is pretty active. In comparison to other places, it's a pretty active place. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, here, here are the final two that I'll tell uh, yes. of my own. Um, so I'm sitting in my office, uh, and this wasn't all that long ago. I'm sitting in my office. I'm here by myself, and all of a sudden, the light in the hall f- like starts going, <laughs> and then. In the office right across the hall, it sounds like a huge mess of papers, like a big pile of papers and books falls onto the floor mm-hmm. and just goes. Whoosh. And I thought maybe I thought um, I thought Meg was in there. I thought somebody was in there. So I said, what'd you guys do? Yeah. And I didn't get an answer. And I went over there and nothing was out of place. Nothing would move. They weren't in there. Yeah. It was just. Yeah, why would I assume that they were even in there? I I don't even know. But um but yeah, nothing so had, nothing was nothing was out of place. I, and that's something that happened a lot at the Wood County Museum is commotion and, and commotion. Uh, yeah, and commotion and crashes and and it ended up being nothing. Um but this last one uh, a f- a friend came to meet me and we were getting ready to leave and we were walking down the second floor hall and all of a sudden she looks down and goes, what is that? And I'm like, well, I don't see anything. And she said it looked like this gelatinous blob. It cast a shadow, but she could see through it. And it was, yeah, it was like uh, calf t- calf high. And it, it was walking. And then she goes, oh, where'd it go? And right as she said, where'd it go? I said, oh, there it is. And it rounded the corner, like it round because you know the hall upstairs kind of makes a, a, a turn. Round, it's yeah. not straight. Yeah, it rounds a, a, a little turn, and it rounded the turn, and then kind of ele- like lifted up just slightly, and then popped into a flash of light. So weird, so weird, so freaking weird. My friend is not; she's not having any of that. She doesn't want anything to do with any no. of it, and she goes, she's "Goodbye, get my shit out of your office." I'm getting out of here she's like i'm out i'm I'm out i'm gone yeah so she got the hell out but and and as the thing passed me the left side of my body where it would have passed got cold cold yeah and my leg got cold well and then i read i think i think it was thurber's dog rex liked to patrol the hall oh that would make sense so maybe maybe it was i I think it was rex yeah maybe it was a dog maybe so puppy yeah but that was i'm like did that just happen (laughs) so weird yeah so too much stuff has happened to me to not think that there's something to it of course and i i want to think there's something to it because life's more interesting it's more interesting that way no i would say thurber house is definitely a very active spot but it's also very creaky, so that's true. You, do... you cannot trust that every creak you're going to hear is actually a something because it's just an old. It is an old, an old house. house for sure. Absolutely, that's a little look. I, I do highly encourage anyone uh, who wants a good laugh to check out James Thurber. Yeah, his work is timeless. I'm not, you know, I'm not biased. It really is absolutely. Um, and when will Thurber yeah. House? reopen as a museum again i know covid yeah covid has um has changed a lot of things but we're hoping the fall the fall so if you find yourself in columbus highly recommend in the fall of 2021 or thereafter Mm -hmm. i highly recommend checking out thurber house it's a beautiful if not for anything else other than it is a beautiful Mm -hmm. old building that will transport you back and plus you might have a little ghost sighting yeah i mean you you might you know if you come in you just ask for endemic and i'm always pleased to talk to people who come into the museum so absolutely um, so yeah all right what the hell what What the the hell hell? (laughs) (laughs) you want to go I can go. Let sure. her rip. I've been talking too much. Did you know there's a utopia right here in Ohio? What? Where is it? Mm-hmm. It is in Claremont County near the Ohio River. I know Claremont County. Mm-hmm. And it's sincerely called Utopia. It's Utopia, Ohio. Oh. Okay. So this is very interesting. This town has about two streets. It's very tiny. Very tiny. Tiny, tiny town. You that would be a village probably. Yeah. You wouldn't even know you were in it if you were in it unless you were looking for the signs. It's also, they don't think they can consider it a ghost town because it does have some residents in it. Okay. But it's pretty kind of a ghost town. And okay. it's like a little, um, you know, hasn't seen a lot of love. 
in some time. Okay. From what I can find. So apparently this town, founded in 1844 by Charles Fourier, um, and he founded this town with the thought that the world was about to enter into this great period of peace. So he founded Utopia right here in Ohio. Now in 1847, which is about like three years later, a lot of the residents of Utopia, Ohio, die in a flood with the Ohio River. Oh, geez. Yeah. Obviously, Utopia never happened, but a spiritualist group did eventually move into Utopia, uh, and they hosted, quote, secret meetings in the town's underground (laughs) chapel. Underground chapel. And they also think the underground chapel could have been a stop on the Underground Railroad. Which oh, I thought really? Was kind of cool. That's interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, that it, that that's a little bit about Utopia. It never happened. It's what two streets hell? long. There are a couple of residents, so it's not technically a ghost town, but pretty close. But it has an underground Can chapel. Can we go there? Yes, of course. Can we go into the underground chapel? I don't know if you're allowed to, but. We could go and see if you're allowed to. Why is it underground? That, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. I want to go. Ohio is so full of Of awesome. Strange little places. Yes. Awesome. Roadside attraction. It is. So many things. It's a wonderful day trip place. Haunted day trip place. Yes. Okay. So mine is um, basically just about mosquitoes. Love that. (laughs) So, you know, when you say, oh, my God, I'm being eaten alive Mm -hmm. uh, by mosquitoes. Stop saying that. Uh, Because apparently that was an actual method of execution. What? Uh, Scafism. Scafism is what it was called. It was an ancient form of torture. Oh, no. um, Where you would cover somebody in honey, stick them in a hollow log, and let nature run its course. No, no, no unbelievable what the hell what the hell how long did it take them to die i mean too long probably right yeah because that is misery yeah hollow log how many fucking hollow logs did they find (laughs) i don't know so i guess that technically wasn't about mosquitoes but started with a mosquito there's a mosquito yeah oh lord i felt like did i hope you all um got a good a good picture of this place. I yeah. my I was so overwhelmed with research because, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I wanted to make sure I said enough, but not too much. And I right. had like 11 pages here, but... No, um, I think it was good. But I really do, I really do hope you, you know, check us out uh, when we're open again to the public and check out James Thurber. Yes. And uh, check out the block. The block is beautiful. Gorgeous. Um, and who knows? I mean, do do a walk around in the evening. Don't, you know, don't go on porches or anything like that. But, right. you know, take a walk around the, the neighborhood. And there's a little park in the center. There's a little park. You mm-hmm. know, you might um, you might just get some activity. You might get some ghostly sightings. Yeah. That's right. It is true. It is true. All right. Well, horror nerds, thank you so much. That is yes. a wrap for season two. Holy crap. Can you believe it? We have done two seasons now of the horror salon. That is crazy. It's so exciting it started out as a blip and you know pazoos around this table and then a cemetery walk speculating about what our 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 names would would be be. yeah (laughs) it's so and we are so thankful for you all listening um because you're really is you're what makes this happen you're why we're able to do what we are able to do is because you're listening so we know you (laughs) want more so that thank you so much um for being with us on this journey we do have another season coming up we are still in the planning phase Mm -hmm. of that but we're hoping to have that out late summer yeah so stick around for that um you can always follow along on our instagram that's at the horror salon um we're going to be active on there even as we're taking this little brief we're going to be doing some eerie extras for people through yeah until the new season comes. yes so we're going to be on instagram with this little brain break so you'll see you know fun stuff going up there a glimpse into what we're doing and what we're planning and some insight into what the next season Mm -hmm. will be and like andemic just said we are going to release a couple fun little eerie extras here and there throughout the summer so do stay tuned um because we'll have some fun fun stuff going up um all summer long uh here and there uh also follow along with us on our website uh that's thehorrorsalon.com We'll have fun stuff going up there um, as much as we can throughout the summer as well. So check back there often. Um, And of course, 
please get in touch with us. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to share your fun, scary experiences, Mm -hmm. ideas for what we can do next, um, we would love to hear it all. So you can find us at info at thehorrorsalon.com there. And then last but not least, if you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying yourself, uh, we really would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening. And then if you wouldn't mind leaving us a like, comment, review, all of that helps us learn a little bit more about you. Yep. And also helps us get in front of other horror nerds in our community. We just want a big horror big nerd, horror nerd community. community. That's right. So. <laughs> I just shut up while you say the technical stuff. It's fine. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. It's wonderful. We have our roles. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So with with that, that, uh, the Pazoo's is, I mean, we chugged those things. We did. They were so delicious. I'm onto a Coke Zero by now. You are. I'm onto Uh, a seltzer. Okay. So the Pazoo's is definitely empty. Is empty. There's no candle to blow out. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) No open flames in a museum. There you are. Thank you for uh, tuning into the Horror Salon. I am your uh, co-host, Anne Demick. And I'm your co-host, The Witch. We'll catch you next time at the Horror Salon, where we curate the strange and unusual. Until dawn do us part. Monsters, it's the witch and Anne Demick. Music for this episode is Rage by the 126ers. Check out our website for show notes and links to some cool extras. Later, nerds.